You're listening to In Spirit and Truth, the radio ministry of Pastor J.D. Farag of Calvary Chapel, Kaneohe. Pastor J.D. is currently teaching through the book of Psalms. The writer of Hebrews says that without faith it's impossible to please God, which means that when we have faith, we are very pleasing to God. It is possible to please God. In other words, God is so pleased. He's so delighted. He's so blessed when we have faith. So much so that we're praising Him. Thank you, Lord. I can't wait to see how you're going to do this, by the way. How pleasing would you say your faith is to God? Do you only trust Him in the small day-to-day areas of life? Or are you really counting on Him in the midst of life's biggest challenges and struggles? In today's message, Pastor J.D. will teach you the importance of trusting God before the trials of life hit, knowing that He'll faithfully deliver. Now, be sure to stay with us after today's message to hear how you can get your own copy of today's broadcast. Subscribe to the In Spirit and Truth podcast or download the In Spirit and Truth iPhone or Android mobile app. Now, here's Pastor J.D. in Psalms chapter 116. Today's edition of In Spirit and Truth. This is an interesting psalm. And for a number of reasons, not the least of which is that some commentators suggest that this psalm in particular was written by Jehoshaphat. Now, we've talked about Jehoshaphat. We have this account that's recorded for us in 2 Chronicles 20 when Israel is up against this great horde, this great army. I mean, it is a, an alliance of nations, the Moabites and these other nations that have come up against Israel. And Israel is greatly outnumbered, so much so that all of Israel has now cowered in fear, not knowing what to do. You know, if you don't mind, I want to, this is too good to not actually read if you'll, you can turn there if you want, Second Chronicles 20. It's an amazing account. I mean, talk about an impossible situation. There's, there's no way out of this. And Jehoshaphat is just pleading with the Lord and crying out to the Lord. And, and let me just begin here in, Second Chronicles 20, let me get to verse, um, I'll start in verse, yeah, let me start in verse 10. So, now, here are men from Ammon, these are the Ammonites, Moab, the Moabites, and Mount Seir, whose territory you would not allow Israel to invade when they came from Egypt. So, they turned away from them and did not destroy them. See how they are repaying us by coming to drive us out of the possession you gave us as an inheritance? O our God, will you not judge them? And here he, (laughs) with brutal honesty, says and cries out to God, we have no power, we are powerless to face this vast army that is attacking us. We do not know 
what to do. Have you ever been in a situation that just seems so helpless? You were so powerless. You didn't know what to do. But then he says this, but our eyes are upon you. All the men of Judah with their wives and children and little ones stood there before the Lord. Then the Spirit of the Lord came upon Jehaziel, son of Zechariah, the son of Benaiah, the son of Jael, the son of Mataniah, a Levite, a descendant of Asaph, as he stood in the assembly. Interesting detail. This is very unusual. Usually when the, a prophetic word comes from the Lord to someone, it usually comes through a prophet, not a priest, not someone from the priestly tribe. So he said, he's now speaking, thus saith the Lord, listen, King Jehoshaphat and all who live in Judah and Jerusalem, this is what the Lord says to you. Do not be afraid or discouraged because of this vast army. What? Have you seen the size of this army? You're saying, don't be afraid. You're saying, don't be discouraged. We are very afraid, and we should be very afraid. This is, we are up against impossible odds. Well, here's why you're not to be afraid. The battle is not yours, but God's. This is where we get that the battle belongs to the Lord. Now, this is one of those places in God's Word where the battle did not belong to them. The battle did belong to the Lord. They were not going to have to fight in this battle. Verse 16, tomorrow march down against them. They will be climbing up by the pass of Ziz, and you will find them at the end of the gorge in the desert of Jeruel. You will not have to fight this battle. Take up your positions, stand firm, and see the deliverance the Lord will give you, O Judah and Jerusalem. And then he says it again, do not be afraid. They're terrified. Do not be discouraged. Go out to face them tomorrow, and the Lord will be with you. So Jehoshaphat, verse 18, bowed with his face to the ground, and all the people of Judah and Jerusalem fell down and worshiped before the Lord. Then some Levites from the Kohathites and the Korahites stood up and praised the Lord, the God of Israel, with a very loud voice. Wait, they still have to stand there as God gives them the victory and fights the battle. And they're already praising the Lord? Yeah. I think that's key. This is a praise psalm, right? A halal psalm. Sometimes, we talked about this a couple of weeks ago, very important. We need to praise the Lord prior to that which we know He's going to do. Now they, they just got done being told that God is going to fight this battle for them and instead of them. And by faith they believe and trust that God is going to give them the victory in this battle. And so they're praising Him before the battle. It's like the Israelites. I was, uh, it was about three weeks ago, I was uh, 
talking about David Wilkerson, who's now with the Lord, Times Square Church. And he had this sermon from back in the 90s, a long time ago. And it was titled, Right Song, Wrong Side. And he's talking about the Israelites. They had the right song, but it was sung on the wrong side of the Red Sea. They, they praised the Lord after they walked on dry ground, after God closed in the walls of the Red Sea and drowned the Egyptians. Oh, hey, come on, wouldn't you agree it's so much easier to praise God after He parts the Red Sea for you? How about praising God before He parts the Red Sea for you? How about praising God before He gives you the victory in battle? You know, the writer of Hebrews says that without faith it's impossible to please God, which means that when we have faith, we are very pleasing to God. It is possible to please God. In other words, God is so pleased, He's so delighted, He's so blessed when we have faith, so much so that we're praising Him. Thank you, Lord. I can't wait to see how you're going to do this, by the way. You told me to just stand still and behold the salvation of the Lord. I think of Moses. He said, put your rod out and behold, stand there, just stand still and behold the salvation. I, I like, I can do that. Just stand there. Okay, I, I like that. I can do that. That's pretty easy for me. That's an easy do. You know, when, when <laughs> the Israelites were taking possession of the promised land, they had to fight many battles. They had to go through the battle and fight the battle. I think of under Joshua. I think about the battle of Jericho. They had to fight all of these battles. And, but this one, no, the Lord says, I got this one. I got this. <laughs> Watch how I'm going to do this. The, the Red Sea. No, I, I got this. I got this. And we have so much faith that we're praising God before He even does it. David Wilkerson said it this way, when they got to the other side, their praise was out of relief, not faith. Now sometimes, I mean, God, again, I don't think faults us for this. He knows we are but dust. I think about what Paul wrote to Timothy, that when we're faithless, no faith, without faith, <laughs> less faith, faithless, He's still faithful. And so, but there's just something about when we praise God by faith before He does what He's going to do. I mean, God is so blessed by that, so pleased by that. Okay, Psalm 116. I love the Lord. Why? Because He has heard my voice and my supplications, because he has inclined his ear to me. Therefore I will call upon him as long as I live. The pains of death, verse 3, surrounded me, and the pangs of Sheol laid hold of me. I found trouble and sorrow. Then 
I called upon the name of the Lord. Oh Lord, I implore you, deliver my soul. Gracious is the Lord and righteous. Yes, our God is merciful. The Lord, verse 6, preserves the simple. I was brought low and he saved me. Return to your rest, O my soul. He's talking to himself. For the Lord has dealt bountifully with you. You know, sometimes I think we need a good talking to. Like David in the Psalms, he says, Oh my soul, why be so downcast? Why be so down? For you will again have reason to praise the Lord. Why be so disquieted? It's a, not, it's not self-talk, it's talking to self. And that's what the psalmist does here in verse 7. Verse 8, For you have delivered my soul from death, my eyes from tears, and my feet from falling. I will walk before the Lord in the land of the living. Whenever you read the land of the living, that is always describing here on earth prior to heaven, this side of heaven, the land of the living. Verse 10, I believed, therefore I spoke. I am greatly afflicted. I said in my haste, all men are liars. What shall I render to the Lord for all his benefits toward me? I know. I will. I know it's not in the original. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm just trying to put myself in the sandals of the psalmist here. He's searching for a way to bless the Lord, render to the Lord, bless the Lord for all His benefits toward me. How can I ever express, I know, verse 13, I will take up the cup of salvation and call upon the name of the Lord. I will pay my vows to the Lord now in the presence of all His people. That's what I'll do. Verse 15 of Psalm 116 is a verse that is often quoted during a memorial service or a celebration of life when the person is known to have been a believer and in the presence of the Lord. And it says simply, precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of his saints. Now some have sort of misunderstood this to mean that God is really anxious when one of his own dies. It's kind of like, you know, <laughs> precious in the sight of the Lord is the death of his saints. doesn't mean that at all. What it does mean is that the Lord takes great delight in his sight. It is precious. When someone leaves this life here, and begins their new life in His presence there. Verse 16, O Lord, truly I am your servant. I am your servant, the son of your maidservant. You have loosed my bonds. I will offer to you the sacrifice of thanksgiving, and will call upon the name of the Lord. I will pay my vows to the Lord now in the presence of all of His people. Here's the second time now. And in the last verse 19, in the courts of the Lord's house, in the midst of you, O Jerusalem, and here's those three words, praise the Lord. What do you think we're going to be doing for all eternity? Praising the Lord? 
worshiping the Lord. And I, I, I don't mean this in a, in a negative way or a derogatory way, but you know, when we praise the Lord and we worship the Lord in our time of praise and worship, it's not going to be anything like that. I mean, for all eternity, we, we won't be able to stop. We won't, we won't want to stop. For all eternity, just worshiping Him and praising Him. Praise the Lord. Powerful Psalm 116. It's a celebration for God's deliverance. And it seems that, and I believe that, it's related to a good king, King Hezekiah. We have this account in Second Kings 20. In fact, if you don't mind, maybe I can, uh, I want to read this too. Again, too good. It's a really interesting account. So here's this good king. Now keep in mind, there were only nine good kings. All the other kings did evil in the sight of the Lord. But only nine kings of them was said that they did that which was pleasing in the sight of the Lord. And Hezekiah was one of them. He was a good king. But we're told, 2 Kings 20 verse 1, in those days Hezekiah became ill and was at the point of death. The prophet Isaiah, son of Amos, went to him and said, this is what the Lord says, put your house in order because you are going to die. <laughs> You will not recover. <laughs> Can you imagine? Prophet Isaiah comes and says, hey, I have a word from the Lord. Oh really? Okay, cool. What is it? Now keep in mind, he's deathly ill. He's on his deathbed. He's hoping that the word from the Lord is, God is going to heal you in Jesus' name. Thus saith the Lord. Oh, praise the Lord. No, it's not what he says. You're going to die. You better get your affairs in order. You don't have much time. So have a nice afternoon. That's the word. What is, what is Hezekiah's response? He turned his face to the wall, verse 2, and he prayed to the Lord. Now, I counted this. I actually heard this taught, and I, it really uh, impacted me. I counted in the translation I'm reading from, a 22-word prayer. I counted 22 words. So here's the prayer. 22 words. Remember, O Lord, how I have walked before you faithfully and with wholehearted devotion and have done what is good in your eyes. That's the prayer. I don't see anywhere in here conspicuously absent from this 22 word prayer is, Lord, please don't let me die. That's not in there. And we're told, and this is key, Hezekiah wept bitterly. You think? Now, before Isaiah, verse 4, had left the middle court, the word of the Lord came to him, go back, and tell Hezekiah, the leader of my people, this is what the Lord, the God of your father David says. Listen to this. I have heard your prayer, your 22 word prayer, and perhaps more importantly, 
seen your tears. Why is that important? Because sometimes, Charles Spurgeon calls them liquid prayers. Our tears are more powerful than our words in our prayers. He says, I've heard your prayer, and seen your tears, I will heal you. And he adds 15 years to his life. Well, isn't that interesting? Wait a minute. So God says, you're going to die, and then he, what, God changes his mind? How does that work? I see it this way. No, God's not changing his mind and saying, okay, okay, whatever. I'll give you 15 more years, but that's it, and you're going to die. You're going to die, okay? Not like that at all. It's more like this. He's on his deathbed, and he turns to the Lord, and he cries out to the Lord, and petitions his throne, and pleads with him, and cries out before him, and God hearkens unto the voice of his cry. God knew what he was going to do. And so he allows this to happen, and it brings Hezekiah to the Lord, and as he pleads with the Lord, God already knows he's going to hearken unto the voice of his cry and add 15 years to his life. You know, I've wondered about this, and I... uh, I'll I'll close with this, but would you ever want to know how much longer you had to live? I wouldn't. But here's the thing. If I were to know that I had been given 15 more years to live that I may not have otherwise had, it's called a a second lease on life, a new lease on life, so to speak. But if I had, so I I think this is it, this is how it ends, I'm done, thanks for the memories again. (laughs) Sorry, that's the last time. (laughs) And then the word of the Lord came to me and said, you have 15 years. How productive and fruitful are those 15 years going to be? Oh my goodness. I am full on, all in. I got 15 years and I'm, you know, marking the days off on the calendar. It's kind of like, I'm not going to waste any time. 15 years and then that's it. I'm going to make it count. Well, shouldn't we be doing that anyway? We may not have 15 years. We may not have 15 months. We may not have 15 weeks dare I say 15 days, make them count. The poetry of the Psalms evokes emotions of all kinds. The authors' lives were as varied as their songs, yet each point to truth we can't deny. God is still God, always in control, and forever loving His creation. We can rest in the knowledge that our Heavenly Father cares for us deeply and is supporting us calming us and providing life everlasting. We hope today's teaching on In Spirit and Truth stays with you as you continue on in your day, reminding you of truth and love at every turn. If you'd enjoy listening to more messages from Pastor J.D. Farag, you'll be able to find them on our website 
at InSpiritAndTruthRadio.com. We do treasure our connection with our listeners. We'd like you to be a part of our social media community. Follow the links on our website to our Facebook or Twitter pages where you can add your thoughts to the conversations while filling your news feed with encouragement and useful information. We'd love to see you here in person at Calvary Chapel Kaneohe if you're in the area too. We hold services every Sunday at 8.30 and 10.45 a.m. or come by on Thursdays at 7 p.m. for an in-depth Bible study. Directions can be found on our website. Again, that's InSpiritAndTruthRadio.com. If you can't join us in person, we hope you'll find a local church community soon that you can call home. Having a supportive and biblically-based church is an incredible blessing in your faith experience. That's all the time we have for today. Thanks for tuning in, and we hope you'll join Pastor J.D. again to continue studying the Psalms right here on In Spirit and Truth.